The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, good morning, church. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. And so we started a, a brand new series uh, three weeks ago, and uh, we are calling this one Grace and Its Effect, or Its Effects, right? Uh, multiple or plural, right? And so uh, we looked at uh, the book of Romans. That's what we're going to be looking at in this month. And uh, really, when you look at the book of Romans, it's interesting because uh, the Apostle Paul writes the letter the same way he writes all his other letters. He starts off by establishing who we are in Christ. He starts off by establishing uh, that salvation is by grace and it is not by works. And then right at the end of the book or the second half of the book, he he starts talking about the practical application of this grace in our lives. Amen? Because if it's true Bible grace, it's going to have an effect on you. Can I get an amen? If it's true Bible grace, it's going to have fruit uh, coming out of you. And so we looked at uh, Romans chapter number 1 and 2, the power of the gospel. We looked at uh, chapter number 3 and 4, you know, justification, uh, propitiation, and redemption. And so today we are looking at uh, the effects of uh, uh, grace. That's what uh, chapter number 5 and 6 Uh, really are about. They are about the fruit that you get uh, from grace. You know, sometimes I meet, in fact, this happens a lot. I meet a lot of uh, uh, professing uh, grace gurus who just don't have fruit. Uh, and, And I say this, I say, if you know something about grace, but you don't have fruit to accompany it, you just missed an opportunity. Amen? Uh, In other words, if you know something about grace uh, and you don't have correlating uh, fruit, you could put it this way, you've already backslidden. It means you are behind the line that you should be operating from. Because true Bible grace has results. Can I get an amen? Uh, Bible grace is is not a theology. It's not a doctrine. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of life. Watch this now. That produces after its kind. And so this is why the Apostle Paul starts off Uh, Chapter number 5, I'm going to read from verse 1 to 8. He starts off this way. He says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, and so you know this, that if you did... uh, Math in high school, they would uh, you do the equation, right? And then you'd get to the part where you put the three dots. You know, therefore, you're getting ready to show the people the answer, right? And so if you knew, I mean, the therefore was the part that we all look forward to if we knew the answer. If you didn't know the answer, you just kind of ignored that, you know. If you knew the answer, I mean, you boldly put those three dots and therefore, X equals. And so the Apostle Paul is trying to show us 
the net effect of the grace of God. And so he says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have equals, we have number one. This is the effect that we see, peace with God. Uh, people that have a revelation uh, of grace living on the inside of them have the peace of God. Amen. They function from a place of peace. Uh, they are not, you know, jittery. They're not jumpy. They just chilled. Amen. I had a mentor uh, in my life for the longest part of my life. I think one of his signifying uh, uh, personalities in his life was he was just chilled out. He had the peace of God. I mean, under pressure, everybody else is panicking and running around. He would just walk in and say, yo, what's up? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and it was the peace of God. So we have peace with God and we have the peace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And so we also learn this, uh, uh, that when we start functioning, in, in, when, when we realize that there is a thing called grace, the way to access it is through faith. So faith becomes how we respond to God's grace. Amen? But he tells us that uh, by grace. He says this. He says we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What this means is uh, we have a security in life and in eternity. When we are justified by what Jesus did at the cross, we are sure of where we are going when we die. We, we're not wondering. We know exactly where we are going because uh, uh, Jesus Christ is the one who justified us. Can I get an amen? And number three, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. In other words, we have blessings even when we are under pressure. And what is the blessing uh, when we are under pressure? It is knowing this, that we will come out the, vic the victors. Amen. And then he goes on to say this. He says, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And so one of the other things that we see as well, uh, when we have a true revelation of the uh, 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 grace of God, is we have what is known as character development. There is no such thing as a, a mean grace person. That's an oxymoron. Amen? Grace people are gracious. Can I get an amen? They don't go on Facebook and argue with everybody moving right along. Verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God is talking about character development and is showing you how it's going to uh, be revealed in your life. He says hope does not disappoint when your character has been developed to a place of hope. He says hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man, one will die. He says, you know, if, if you were righteous, I mean, this would make sense. Jesus should have, you know, died for you. And he's saying in general, people fight for good people. But not with you and I. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. For a good person, I mean, it's like, okay, I'm like, you know. But uh, verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? I said amen. And so here we see that Jesus died for us when we were in our worst condition. 
He didn't wait for us to get better before he died for us. And he's talking about the God kind of grace, which is expressed through what is known as agape, unconditional love. Amen? And even if you look in the Old Testament, uh, God's compassion ran through the Old Testament. We read it last week in chapter number 4, that through his forbearance, he didn't want you to carry the burden of sin. In the Old Testament, he even asked the people to go and buy a turtle dove or buy an animal so that that animal who die in their place. And even in the New Testament here, we see that people who are in their worst condition, I mean, God would lower the bar just so that they too can receive some redemption. I mean, with the lepers, this is what God would say. With the lepers, you'd say, man, go and get uh, two, uh, 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 not even doves. You'd ask them to go and get two sparrows. And sparrow was the cheapest uh, bird on the market. If you read in Matthew chapter number 10, uh, verse 29, it says a, a sparrow was sold for a copper coin. Even my children don't want copper coins. They say we want silver, they want paper money, amen? They want paper money. If you give them that little brown thing, they say, Dad, this is not money. <laughs> and so God lowered the standard and he would say to the lepers, you can go and bring two sparrows, which was sold for a copper money. You could get a, a five cent. You know, the lowest uh, 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 copper money that we have, hey, anybody can get a five cent. I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter how bad your situation is, you can get a five cent coin. <laughs> And so God lowered the bar so low, he said to the lepers, all you need is a, is a, is a five-cent coin to go and get two sparrows, and through that you're going to be delivered. Now, the same thing happens today. All you have to do is to believe in your heart. Anybody can believe in their heart. Anybody can confess with their mouth. He lowered the bar so low so that all of us can receive salvation and all of us can be redeemed. Amen. Amen. In fact, he said, when you get the two sparrows, bring them to the priest, and the priest would kill one. And then, in fact, let's read it, because, you know, some people will be like, Pastor T comes up with these things. I don't know where he, he'd be coming up with some stuff. I don't know where he comes. <laughs> let's go to Leviticus chapter number 14, verse 6. Man, have you ever listened to a sermon, and, you know, you're like, man, not a word was in there. That was motivational speaking. <laughs> No, no, this isn't the Bible. It says in Leviticus 14, verse 6, he's giving instructions, right? Uh, he says, and uh, he's talking to the leper. He says he's able to take the live bird together with the cedarwood, scarlet, and yarn, and hyssop, and dip them in blood of the bird that was slaughtered over the fresh water. So what they would do is they would take the sparrow, one of the sparrows kill it, and then they would dip the, the live one in the blood of the uh, other sparrow that they killed, and then they would let the other one leave. Just like with the... You know, it happened on the cross that Jesus shed his blood so that through the dipping of ourselves in his blood, we are set free to live. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. And so God lowered the bar so much, so low, that anybody can get saved. There's not going to be any excuse. And he says this in verse 18. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all the people. For just as one, through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners. So you and I didn't have to do anything for us to be considered uh, uh, sinners. We were born with the sin nature because of what Adam did. 
Now, if you were made sinful because of what Adam did, then someone has to correct what Adam did for you to be made righteous. Can I get an amen? And so he says here, uh, we were all made sinners because of what Adam did. And then he ends it this way. This is powerful. I'm reading in the NIV. He said, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. He's talking about the law of identification. Amen. When you were born, you identified with Adam because you were born through the seed of a man. And so you didn't have to do anything for you to be considered a sinner. You identified with Tim Adam. And then when you got born again, you switched teams and you moved to Tim Jesus. This is why everything you start to do from the day you got born again is identified with what Jesus accomplished at the cross. I mean, it used to confuse me when scripture says, when Jesus died, I died with him. But I wasn't even born. The reason scripture says that is because now you identify with Jesus and what he did for you. Can I get an amen? amen? And previously, you identified with Adam. And because of what Jesus did for you, you can uh, uh, become uh, righteous. You were made righteous when you put your confidence and trust in him. Now watch what he says in Romans chapter number 6, uh, verse 1. We are about to get to the meat of the stuff. He says in Romans chapter number 6, verse 1, What shall we say then? So the Apostle Paul has been working on this uh, uh, you know, salvation by grace uh, from chapter number 1 to chapter number 5. And so he's, he's getting to a point where he's trying to show us the effects now. And he says this. He says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? so that grace may abound this is a valid question because pastor t you just said that hey i don't need to do anything for me to be considered righteous right we were made righteous because of what jesus did on the cross so the valid question is shall we continue to sin so that this grace may abound because my actions have got nothing to do with my salvation and so the Apostle Paul answered it, and he says, certainly not. In other versions of the Bible, he says, God forbid. In other words, this is a double no. No, no. Why? Because he begins to explain, but before we even read his explanation, if you read in Titus 2, uh, verse 11 to 12, let's go to Titus chapter number 2, uh, verse 11 to 12. We're going to see some interesting stuff there. There's some people that when they start learning about grace, it just throws them into uh, lasciviousness. That's what the Bible calls it, ill discipline, and just a lack of, uh, of corresponding faith actions to prove that the grace of God is alive on the inside of them. And so he He's getting ready to explain some things to us in Titus chapter number 2.11. This is still the Apostle Paul. And he says this. He says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now watch the effect of this grace. Teaching us uh, that denying ungodliness and what? Worldly lusts, we should live what? Soberly and righteously and godly in this present age. So true Bible grace would teach you to deny ungodliness. Can I get an amen? I mean, when you have a true revelation of what Jesus did for you at the cross, you never run out and say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Now I can fornicate as much as I want. If that's what you're saying, then you didn't really get the message of grace. Can I get an amen? 
There are people that when they start learning about grace, they say, praise the Lord, I don't have to give anymore. Man, I heard people celebrating that they don't have to give anymore. And I said, man, then you, I mean, listen, if you are a grace person, the Old Testament, a 10 and 613 are not your ceiling. They are your floor. And we're going to read that. You'll see that. A consequence of grace is you start to live way better than the Old Testament saints tried to live under the law. Because it's the grace fuel that's on the inside of you that's just getting you to act a certain way. Yeah. In fact, let's go to Galatians chapter number 5, 22. Let's go to Galatians chapter number 5, verse 22. We, we, we're talking about grace, right? Galatians is also the Apostle Paul's uh, 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 really masterpiece on grace. And this is what he says. Uh, he's building his case and he had talked about the, the fruit of the flesh, right? And then he starts to talk about the fruit of the spirit. And he says this. He says, but the fruit, not the work, the fruit, the consequence, the byproduct of having the spirit live on the inside of us. He says, but the fruit singular of the spirit is love. And he begins to explain what that looks like. Uh, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness right being faithful is a fruit of the spirit and then he says this gentleness self-control did y'all see that self-control when you are a grace man a chocolate cake can't tell you what to do at 11 p.m at night someone shout self-control hallelujah praise the lord thank you jesus when you're a grace person, you have self-control. Aren't your neighbor and say, do you even know what he's talking about, self-control? <laughs> he says self-control. Now watch what he says. He says this. He says, against such, there is no... He says, man, when you start functioning at grace, these things are produced out of you, not because the law demands it. Because against such, there is no law. It just happens because there's so much grace on the inside of you. I, you know, I always talk to uh, uh, young people who want to uh, 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 be used mightily of God. Anybody want to be used mightily of God? I want to be used. And I tell the man, there's some things that, you, that just have to come as a consequence of this grace living on the inside of you. One of them is faithfulness. Uh, Jesus said, if you are not faithful with a little, who will then trust you with much? So if you want to be used mightily of God, but you are unfaithful with small and things, man, just forget it. Being used of God will kill you. It will destroy you. If you can't be on time, just look at your watch. If you can't be on time to work, and then he goes on to say, if you are not faithful with what belongs to somebody else, if you are not faithful at work, where you are working right now, and you come to prayer meeting and fasting session, Lord, use me mightily. Let's start by being faithful where you are working. That's what grace will do. It will get you to be on time where you are working right now as an employee. That's a grace man. A grace man knows how to be on time. Just one whispered, Amen. <laughs> He said, he said this in Luke 16, verse 11. This is Jesus speaking. He said, if you are not faithful with unrighteous mammon, and I tell young people, I said, man, if money drives you crazy, if you don't know how to be faithful with money, uh, forget being used might, mightily of God. When God wants to use someone mightily, he's trying to get his grace to flow through you so that it can, it can minister to others. 
Can I get an amen? You know, as, as, as Pastor C and I uh, get promoted and elevated in influence, we see certain things. One of the things that we made a decision right at the beginning was we said, God, uh, uh, and there's a scripture for it. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, he actually tells us to grow in the grace of giving. Amen. He says, grow in this grace also. And this is a grace man, Paul, preaching about growing the grace of giving. Now, what he's talking about there, he's talking about, man, you should, you should, you should uh, be able to see yourself uh, 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 increase. Second Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 10, it says, uh, God ministers seed to the what? To the sower. You should see your, yourself increase your heart capacity in terms of a mindset of being a giver and being a sower. And when you do that, God will start to entrust uh, uh, to you and he'll entrust you with opportunities, with money, with finances, with, with things that you can be a blessing to others. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? And so we've seen that. We've seen that in our lives that as we give, God uh, uh, elevates us to go to the next level. I was talking about uh, uh, to someone, we were actually supposed to be praying for uh, the guys who are going to represent us at the network today, you know, we're supposed to pray for uh, Jabu, for Julie, and for Norses, we're right. Uh, we are sending them, basically, uh, Pastor C and I, we're sending them to New York, uh, and then they're going to go to Guadalajara, and uh, we are giving that to them. Yeah. Amen. Amen? Now, if you want to be used mightily of God and you don't think this way, just forget it. Can you do something for... Aren't you neighbor say, can you do something for somebody else with no strings? Just no strings attached. No strings attached to it. Just no strings. Just do something for somebody else. Just do something for somebody else. And you can practice that today. You know, after church, they sell Burvos rolls outside. You can go and pay it forward. Anybody ever heard of pay it forward? You can practice that. Hey, wait, let me learn how to do something for somebody else with no strings attached. They'll never know that you're the one who bought the Burvos roll. Some of you can't do it if they're not going to know. <laughs> I'm just saying. And so we were supposed to be praying them uh, today, uh, this morning. You know, sending them. They called me on Wednesday. They said, uh, Pastor T, just to let you know, they were supposed to leave tomorrow, Monday, right? They said, Pastor T, just to let you know, we've decided to go on Friday. I said, why? They said, we feel like we are wasting the weekend. <laughs> Spending it in Johannesburg. That's what they said. True story. All three of them, they said, ah. They said, they said, we, they just went away and yesterday we were Lord shedded for 10 hours. <laughs> it was bad, but I'm just saying, they said, hey, listen, we're going to leave. We're going to leave on Friday. We, we wanna, we, we're done. We, we're going to leave on Friday. And so we met them on Wednesday, prayed with them, and, and boom, they're gone. And, and, uh, and, and, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. The deal is... God has elevated, you know, Pastor C and I to be in a position of influence that we are able to do that for other people. Yeah. Amen. 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 Now, you want to be used of God, and if you, if you are a damn, a, a damn Christian is the one that, uh, and too many damn Christians who are damn, damn, right? D-A-M. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Too many damn. <laughs> what do y'all think I said? <laughs> too many. They're just hoarding, right? They just they they don't want that grace to flow through them. 
Now, if you haven't learned how to let the grace of God flow through you, you're going to struggle to have all the things we read, the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to struggle to have kindness flow through you. You're going to struggle to have gentleness flow through you. You're going to st- struggle to have long-suffering flow through you. You're going to struggle to have generosity flow through It's going to be hard. Why? Because you, you, you are what? Damn. Damn, damn, Christian, right? Amen. I said amen. And so why does God want this, this grace to have fruit with it? Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter number 5. Uh, I think it's verse 16. I think it is. I didn't write it down. Uh, but we'll, we'll find out real soon if it's, it's the one. Matthew chapter number 5, uh, verse 16. This is the reason why your grace should have fruit. This is what Jesus said. He said, so let your shine, let your light so shine before who? Before men. So, 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 we're talking about two different relationships here. There's your relationship with God, and God don't need no shine from you. He's the giver of the shine. Can I get an amen? There's a relationship with God where God doesn't need any of our runs from us. But there is also another relationship called the horizontal relationship. So with your vertical relationship, your good works don't matter. But the true consequence of having a healthy vertical relationship is that you will have a proper horizontal relationship. You won't take advantage of people. You won't be prejudiced like the rest of them. You will let your light so shine before men. Why? That they may see your good works. And when they do, what will happen? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. The only Jesus some people will see out there is you. And what kind of Jesus have they been seeing? You know, the Jesus who, 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 who bribes traffic cops. Oh, the pastor is preaching. The pastor is preaching now. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Ooh, someone at your name and said, that was strong. That was, that was strong. <laughs> I went to, to, to uh, uh, exchange my driver's license from Zimbabwe to South Africa, and so I went in there and I filled in the papers. And uh, right at the end of the stage of exchange, uh, swapping it and, and, and bringing it here, right at the end, the, the lady looked at me and she said, oh, uh, just a little side note, you're going to have to take a driving test. Man, I started having butterflies in my stomach because I knew I can't drive. <laughs> like they want me to drive. I mean, I can drive, drive, but not, you know, test drive. Amen. And so I started shaking. And then I, I said, so how is that possible? I mean, can I bring my truck? They said, well, if you want to. I mean, the thing is, is, is narrow, right? It's small, uh, the parking spot. And as we were going out, I met this dude uh, right outside. And he said to me, uh, you know, you can talk to these guys driving uh, school and they can help you, you know, teach you how to drive. I said, okay, praise the Lord. And then they, I signed up for about five lessons. True story. I signed up for five lessons. And then as we were doing the five lessons, the guy said to me, he said, let me just tell you something. I said, what? He said, they're not going to give you if you don't pay some, yeah. if you don't pay a bribe. I said, well, I can't do that. He said, why? I said, because I'm a Christian. He said, oh, 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 brother, we hope too many Christians. (laughs) He said, oh, oh, that don't mean nothing. We hope too many Christians. He said, I'm a Christian too. (laughs) 
So I realized, you know what? I may as well just tell him. You know, I, I'm, I'm a leader, right? I'm a spiritual. I said, no, not just a Christian. I'm also a pastor. He said, ah, we help, we help pastors every day. He said, we help them. I said, you know what? Let me tell you something. I said, this one's going to be different. I said, if I have to spend 100,000 rand trying to get it, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to join the party. Why? Because I have a responsibility. My responsibility is to let my light so shine before you so that you may glorify my heavenly Father. I'm not doing that to try and get approval from God. God has already approved me through Jesus, but I'm doing that so that I'm able to minister to man. Can I get an amen? And so this is why the Apostle Paul says we shouldn't continue to sin. And he, he goes on to, to, to bring us in on why. He, I like the Apostle Paul because he brings you know, reasoning to this thing. He says, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Man, I'm a dead man. Anybody ever seen a dead man get angry? Amen? Man, when you are dead, hey, listen, I'm not saying you're not going to be provoked. I'm just saying when you, are, you reckon yourself dead, hey, it doesn't matter. Can I get an amen? And verse 3, he says this. He says, Or oh, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, now he's talking about the law of identification. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Someone shout, when Christ died, I was buried with him. And the life that I live right now, I live by the faith of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This is the law of identification. Man, if you talk to any of uh, our Springbok fans, uh, they'll tell you when we won the World Cup. And none of them lace the boots to, to play in any of the games, but they say, we won the World Cup. And they'll tell you we won it in when, 95? They'll tell you we won it in uh, 2006, and, and we won it in 2018, right? They'll tell you we won it. It's the law of identification. And it's the same thing that the Apostle Paul is using here. You transition from Tim Adam to Tim Jesus, and now you were buried with him. It didn't have to physically happen to you, just like it doesn't have to physically happen to you for you to say, all you have to do is to say, I'm a citizen of South Africa, and you can say, we won the Rugby World Cup. And all you have to say is, I'm a citizen of heaven, and you can say, I was buried with Christ, and I am now seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might, and all the names in this world and even in the world to come. Now I identify with Jesus. Therefore, I'm more than a conqueror because I already whipped the devil 2,000 years ago. And so he says this. He says we were buried with him through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, we were buried together. Now watch what else he says. We're reading Romans uh, 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 chapter number 6, right? And then he says in, in uh, verse 5, this is verse 5. For if we have been united together in, in his likeness, 
in death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness, identification of his resurrection. Knowing this, you must know this, right? This is what you must know. Uh, what must you know? Let's go back to, to, to the notes. Eh? Thank you, Jesus. What must you know? Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, and that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be what? Slaves to sin. That word, uh, 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 old man, that when he says that uh, uh, the old man of sin was done away with, he's saying the old man is now rendered inoperative. He doesn't control your life anymore. The old sin nature does not have control over your life anymore. And so he says in verse 12, watch this now, he says this in verse 12. He says, therefore, we see that therefore again. He says, therefore, do not let. Now, for him to say that, it means I have the authority and the power to let it or not to let it. Otherwise, it would be an unfair demand or request. Do you all see that? And so he says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its last. So now you and I, because we are dead to sin and we are now alive in Christ, we have now been empowered, watch this now, we have now been given strength for us to not let sin reign in our mortal bodies. This is good news. And he says this, verse 13, And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. In other words, if you are a grace person, you can't say, I don't know what happened. I just fell on top of her and she got pregnant. <laughs> uh, was that graphic enough? Oh, Lord Jesus. No, you let that sin reign in your mortal body. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? amen. Pastor, I, I don't know what happened. She just started texting me. Meanwhile, you had a wife at the, at the pastor. Can you please exercise some grace? No, God will exercise some grace. You, you went on the internet and you picked a date for that hotel out of town in Eastern Cape and booked the flights. Because after all, it's all by grace. Now, here's the truth. Here's the truth. The Bible says, do not give the devil a place in your life. You know what that means? That means do not give him an opportunity to ruin your life. That's all it means. It means God will forgive you. You'll be in heaven, but your kids on the earth, your kids will think you're crazy. They, th they will think you're just, you're just another clown. Your, your, your God, your heavenly father, oh, his love is unconditional. But your children won't listen to you. Pastor, these kids won't listen to me. Oh, no, because you haven't let your light shine before them. Respect is earned. 
Oh, just one. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's not earned just because they carry the same surname with you. Ooh, it's getting quiet in this presbyter- Presbyterian church. No, no, no. It's, it's earned, earned. Your children don't have to listen to you. Well, I'm the father of this house. If you have to say it, then you probably haven't been. <laughs> if you have to announce it. Every time you see someone announce something, it means they haven't been. Anyway, moving right along. He says, so sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Under, when, you are, when you are now functioning in grace, man, sin can't control you. The, the, the flesh can't dictate how you live your life anymore. You can take your thoughts somewhere else. Amen? I said amen. You know, I started a, a, a gym regiment and, uh, you know, a diet to go with it. And I, had a commi- I made a commitment as a grace man. I made a commitment when I was traveling uh, overseas the, the last two months. I, I said, you know what, this time around, because I know my weakness. You know, with the gym regiment, my weakness is donuts. I like donuts, them Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme. Man, I can eat six. Sometimes 12 in a row. I remember Pastor Dan's, you know, I went to visit them at the church there, and they put me in a hotel right across uh, Krispy Kreme. I mean, it's like bringing the devil right on your doorstep. And so, man, I got down, and I looked, and ooh, Krispy Kreme. And them donuts start screaming my name, Tafara, Tafara! Welcome to Deben! And I went there and I got a dozen. I got half a dozen, six, right? Different flavors. And I put them in the hotel room. And the game plan was to eat one every single day I'm there and just try out these different ones. So I ate the first one. And so I went to to the bathroom to just kind of, you know, wash my hands because all the sugar. So I came back and I said, it's kind of like I forgot. I said, what's this? Where do they come from? <laughs> True story. Before I went to sleep, man, that whole thing was, was out. And then I found out as a grace man, I am not under the law, so sin shall no longer have dominion over me. And so sin, some of you may be thinking, how is that sin? Sin is anything that just takes over your life without your full cooperation and where you feel like you've lost a sense of control over your life. It could be going to the gym. When you get to a point to where now you're trying to find meaning in that, it can actually become a missing of them. You're trying to use that to replace the void that only God should be filling. It can become a problem. Can I get an Amen. And so for other people, it's all, diff- all these different things. Some of them, they just, you know, feel they want to fill the void with being uh, short-tempered. They feel like that's, that's their calling, right? To show everybody how angry they can get. And it's, it's sin. They're going to miss. And they're addicted to that. For other people, it's uh, just controlling for other people. I mean, it's different levels of sin. Uh, all of that, the Apostle Paul is telling us that that shouldn't have dominion over us. 
Can I get an amen? Why? Because we are not under law, we are under the grace. Verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? You could replace this statement with many other things that people bring up. They say, shall we uh, give, for example, because we are now you know, under grace and not under the law. The Apostle Paul is not saying your works of faith stop because you are now under grace. He's actually saying they go through the roof because you have the grace fuel. Can I get an amen? He says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are the one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to what? Death or of, be or of obedience leading to righteousness. Why don't you stand on your feet? <clears throat> Someone shout, I'm a grace man, grace woman. Someone shout, sin does not have dominion over me because I am not under the law but I am under grace. Therefore, God's grace shall be my fuel for life. Amen. Man, as grace people, we should be outworking the world. As grace people, we should have excellence just all over everything that we do. Everything we get involved with should just flourish and go to the next level. Why? Because we are grace people. Amen? The grace of God is what propels us to do good. The grace of God is what compels us to, to, to live a, a, a compassionate life and be able to minister to others. Amen? This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. We are dead to sin, so we don't continue uh, to live our lives in sin. Why? Because we are now under grace. The law amplified sin. Grace kills sin. Amen. Sin is no longer an issue. Can I get an amen? amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die for us. While we were yet sinners, while we were in our desperate, our worst condition, Lord, we just thank you that you sent Jesus the Christ to die for us. Lord, we thank you. That he came and paid the price. He came and took our place so that we could take his place. Lord, we thank you that now we are declared the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now we are positioned for your grace to flow through us. So that it may minister to a dying world. Lord, I thank you that these, your precious children, will be able to do more than they tried to do under the law. They'll be able to, just like the Apostle Paul says, he was able to outwork, yet not him, but the grace of God through him. I pray the same over these, your precious children. That every assignment, every calling, every gift that you have placed on the inside of them, every marketplace desire that you have placed on the inside of them, there are those, uh, Lord, who have desires to uh, go to the next level in their businesses. This morning, we just pray that your grace will flow through them, even in the marketplace, for them to be able to do that with ease. We take the struggle out of life right now in the name of Jesus, and we release your grace effortless 
swiftly, quickly, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for doing it. Thank you, Lord, that it won't be a struggle, but it will be by your grace. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And someone said, Amen. Man, some of you have been trying hard to get promoted. Just quit that and just allow the grace of God to flow through you and promotion will find you. Amen. Allow the grace of God, uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit to flow uh, through you. Some of you, all you need is to just be a little nicer. Just a little nice. Uh, gracious. We say grace people uh, are to be gracious. Can I get an amen? That's the missing link. The grace of God just flowing through you. Man, I'm telling you, <laughs> just allowing that will go a long way. Man, I cannot tell you how many things uh, Pastor C and I, opportunities get offered to us that we don't take. And, and the only reason they offer them to us is because you're nice people. We like you. We like to go eat with you. We like to hang out with you. And so we're going to offer you this 200,000 rand deal so we can just, you know, spend more time together with you. And we turn it down. Hey, grace people ought to be the most gracious. Ought to be the people that want to help others the most. Can I get an amen? Grace people, man. You, you meet people with uh, struggling uh, businesses. The first thing you should think is, how can I help turn this around? How can I play my part to turn this around? That's what we do. And you start living your, your life that way, thinking about others, allowing the grace of God to flow through you. Man, I'm telling you, you will not, not, not know what to do with resources. You will not know what to do with, with, with opportunities. They will come flying in, just trying to uh, uh, attack you, chase you down. It says it will overtake you, the blessing of God. When you allow that grace to flow through. Man, I'm telling you, we are a living witness. Can I get an amen? And so I, I want to encourage you to start thinking this way. Now, before we go, if you are here and you have not accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we want to pray for you. We want to offer you this opportunity. You can't start the grace life until you've accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. This is the greatest decision. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.